This episode is brought to you by the latest book from author J. Halim Washington. It's entitled, You Won't Starve, and it's a great resource for entrepreneurs looking to find their path to success. So pick up your copy at jhalim.com. That's J-H-A-L-E-E-M.com. Alpha Phi Alpha. Alpha Kappa Alpha. Kappa Alpha Psi. Omega Psi Phi. Delta Sigma Theta. Phi Beta Sigma. Theta Phi Beta. Sigma Gamma Rho. Iota Phi Theta. This is Eric, and joining me on this episode of Greekly Speaking is Mr. Joe Roland IV, who is a member of the Omicron Sigma chapter of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated, located in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Joe is the immediate past president of Omicron Sigma, and he also serves as the regional director of education for the fraternity's Gulf Coast region. When he's not handling business for Phi Beta Sigma, he's molding the minds of today's youth as an assistant principal and an education content creator. Joe, welcome to Greekly Speaking. How are you doing today, man? Good, good. Appreciate it. Hey, first of all, thanks for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Uh, tell us about your Greek story and what motivated you to join your organization. All right. So uh, that's all of that's actually a pretty interesting story. So uh, children <laughs> gather around. I got a story to tell. I went to the University of North Texas in 2006 through 2010. Uh, I actually didn't want to join any fraternities. I didn't, I didn't want to be Greek. Um, I was working in a cafeteria uh, in Kerr Hall, Kerr Hall Cafeteria. Everybody knows UNT knows Kerr Hall. That's where, that's where the party's at, put it like that. You okay. know, so um, they had, the, I was in the cafeteria so much that the manager came up to me and said, say, man, look, you're in here so much, you might as well have a job. You might as well get paid. I said, all right, cool. That's how much I was in the cafeteria. You know, where I'm from, I didn't have an automatic apple juice machine. I wouldn't go home on weekends because I was like, well, shoot, this is on the menu this weekend. I can't miss this. You know, so uh, I ended up being the smoothie guy. They called me the smoothie king. Um, you know, I was the reason why they had to start counting strawberry inventory because I was double double scooping on the strawberries. <laughs> there was a guy in there. He was part of another organization, a community service organization called Alpha Phi Omega. And so he was really cool. And he was like, oh, man, I think you'll be great. You're, you really like community service. I've always been a proponent of community service. My great-grandma is one of the public figures. Uh, her name is Opal Lee in Fort Worth, Texas. And I always used to work at uh, different community events. She's a chairman of the food bank, chairman of the Juneteenth celebration in Fort Worth. She has a, you know, so I've always been in community service. And I was like, all right, you know, I said, man, I don't know about this fraternity stuff, man. I, I haven't heard movies and seen things. Oh, no, it'll, it'll be great. Don't you worry. Well, <laughs> 10 weeks, six days, seven hours, 48 minutes, five seconds after that conversation, uh, you know, I, I joined that organization. And then a year later, I became the president of that organization of Alpha Phi Omega. Uh, when I was at UNC. While being in that organization and, and pledging, I actually learned about uh, Greek life in general, just, uh, you know, not just our organization and then, uh, you know, the Divine Nine and learning all these pieces. And so uh, I lived with my granddad when I wasn't in college. I moved out of my dad's house and moved, went to live with my granddad. And I always used to see this blue and white board and I would always ask him about it and he wouldn't tell me. So I came home one time and I had, you know, my letters on Alpha Omega and, uh, I came in and he said, boom, he busted me in my chest. Who told you to pledge that? You know, I was like, wow. 
oh, I don't know, you know. And, and so then I, I looked at those letters. And I was like, why Beta Sigma? Because I, I knew the big alphabet now. I was like, why Beta Sigma? That's those. I've seen those guys. And, and the thing about my grandfather is he is not a follower. I was like, what in the world would possess him to want to join that org? I got to investigate. So I started looking around. I was like, man, those guys are really cool. And uh, getting to know them. And I used to cut hair, too. I still cut hair. Uh, recession cuts, I used to call that. First, it was a dollar. And then after that, uh, I went to Freed and Three. And now I charge six. But now I'm cutting more. But anyways, that's okay. another story for another day. And so, uh, you know, I got to know some of the guys on the yard and all that. And while that, I was bringing in guys for my organization six at a time. I mean, this was actually a co-ed organization. But I was bringing in brothers. Like straight up, hey, yo, community service, we got jackets, we step, all that stuff. Because uh, there's a lot of other chapters that are all male. Ours was co-ed. So I was like, yo, I'm bringing it in. I brought in, I, we went from six to 48 in the two years that I was president of that organization. Uh, and, you know, and so our hand sign is actually fairly similar to Phi Beta Sigma. So it's KK Psi. So, you know, I was interested in Sigma and I really want to, you know, get more information and join. And my guys somehow started beefing with Sigmas, right? And so Uh-oh. the whole ordeal came up about the hand sign and, and you know, anything you and I both know is brothers are proud of the letters. It can be, it can be boo-fi-foo. <laughs> He's proud of those letters, right? So I um, got an interview uh, for it. I didn't make it. And then there was going to be a second time around and I didn't get one. But the guys that I had hung out with and knew it, it was like, yo, like, this guy's in community service. He's a president of a community service organization. I'm pulling 60 hours a semester. I got a binder of organizations that we partner with, all that stuff. And, uh, and I was legacy. You know, my granddad went to Paul Quinn. And I was like, uh, I was like yo, what? and he was like, man, why won't y'all take him? Oh, man, forget those guys. You know what I'm saying? He's with them and, and all that. So um, a guy looked at me and he said, hey, bro, it ain't going to happen, dog. Like, you're going to have to go grad. And I said, grad? I said, he said, yeah, man. And I was like, all right. It was my senior year anyway. And I was, gra- I was like, I'm graduating on time. I'm not staying another semester for Sigma or nobody. I got to go. You know, four and a half years is, is enough. And so, you know, I went in uh, 2010. I looked at my laptop, you know. And Omicron Sigma, okay, they're in the area. All right. And they had by far the best website back then than any other person, you know, in the area. So I went to one of their, they had a brotherhood event or something like that. And I tell you what, man. I was still in the dorms at the time because I worked in the dorms. Uh, I told them who I was and, and uh, who, who told me to, you know, come. And they, they brought me these, like, uh, we were at a main event and, you know, got to meet brothers. Hey, I said, you know, they said, what do you do? I said, I, I think I want to go and teach you. And I don't know. Here, contact this dude. Here, talk to this dude. And it, so oh. I wasn't even a member then. And they were trying to hook me up and help me out. And then uh, on top of that, they let me go home with six boxes of pizza. So when I was sitting <laughs> here that night, yo, get your haircut, get this slice. Right, and so then in uh, spring 2011, I, I uh, remember I was sitting, I was in my suit, Ugh, you know, and uh, I got an interview with Omicron Sigma, and I was like, you know what, man, I'm just gonna put it all out there, bro. It, it, God, if I don't get it this time, I'm not meant to be in Phi Beta Sigma. I just know I'm supposed to be in this organization. I know it. I went in there, I slammed it, you know what I'm saying, I, I, I was sharp. And, and all that. I didn't know, apparently I was not only the most impressive, probably one of the most impressive interviews that they've done, because to this day, ask them about Joe Rowland's interview, they, they will still talk about my interview nine years later. So long oh. story short, you know, they, they took me, you know, and I, and I became a member of Phi Beta Sigma on April 30th in 2011. 
And that's a deep story. And I'm impressed that your interview process was so thorough. It, it wasn't like, you know, hey, fill this out and meet us here. I mean, you were actually wondering whether you would be accepted. And, and I think that's good because, you know, you end up with quality coming into your organization and you're getting quality work. But um, and, and hats off to you for sticking with it and for doing the research. And I'm actually cool with all those guys that were beefing with those guys now. You know, that was a long time ago. Oh, yeah. Of course, I'm, I'm a worker, bro. You know, I knew you through the work of Sigma. And we ended up being their uh, collegiate advisors. So it kind of went full circle, <laughs> you know, with, <laughs> with with that piece. But no, if I, uh, Omicron Sigma, and we talk about thoroughness, Omicron Sigma interviewed 12 and they only took four. You know, and they're wow. very, when it comes to, and we t- and we don't do that on purpose. We just looking, we're looking for the right guys. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to that, we're already one of the largest chapters in the nation. We're not doing it for numbers. You know what I'm saying? We're really just looking for people that are that are doing it. I've actually brought in the last two lines that we've had uh, over the last four, four or five years. So, you know, and, and then too, we don't do intake every year. We may do intake once every, every when, you know, when we find the quality guys, you know, that we need. And I always tell guys, if you're looking to be Sigma, and, and if you're really good at it, cool, I got you, but you may have to wait a little, come through here, but it'll be worth it. It'll be worth your while to come into this chapter. Hey, that's great, man. And so you said there were four people initiated with you out of the 12 that applied. Yep. Did they give you guys a line name? Yeah, yeah. We were the, man, I got a prophets of progressivism, whatever that means. But I was the, I was the one, I was the ace. I was the okay. entertainer, I guess it fits. I don't know. You've had some pretty powerful influences as far as community service goes um, with your grandma and the work that she's done in the community and with your granddad being a member of Phi Beta Sigma, even though um, he may have been a little more subdued with it. So the funny thing is, so my granddad, the uh, he, we talk about it um, every so often because all that really is like this really mysterious area of his life that I'm always poking at that he doesn't want to talk about all the time. And I know why. It's because he felt that he made a uh, a decision that really impacted his life in a negative way, not with the fraternity, but actually he decided he was going to take a, a, a semester off. So he pledged uh, his sophomore year, uh, I think in the spring, he said there was 13 of them and only eight came out, you know, and this was in the 60s, you know. And so he took a semester off and he got drafted the next semester. And then when he got drafted, uh, to fight in Vietnam, then he had got pregnant with my dad, and then that kind of, you know, that left there. So it really left, it really stayed with him at the college scene. He never really carried it beyond that because he had to go go be a man and you know, be a provider for his family quite quickly. You know, real men do what men have to do, and I can tell that he made a lot of good decisions in his life based on the way you speak about him. Let's talk about leadership for a minute. You've been a member of Phi Beta Sigma for nearly 10 years, and most recently you've been the president of your chapter and currently serving as a regional director of education. How has being a leader in your fraternity impacted your life? That's a really great question. The biggest thing to understand when what you get out of it, it should make you better. Uh, I believe the organization is built to make you a better person. There's something I don't put in a Sigma and expect anything out. I put in because I love it. I love what we do and I love the impact that we have on our community. 
everything I talk about, every program that I put together is all about how we impacting the either or either we're making our community better, or we're making our fraternity better, or our brothers better within it. So when I became president, uh, I really didn't want to. Um, even when I became regional director of education, but I sat back and I thought about what impact could I have? What impact could I have in, in creating what we, I felt we were missing internally as far as systems and you know, different things that, I, that I've noticed throughout the nine years. And, and the fact that these guys who are, who I consider a lot of them my mentors were trusting me to be president. But the thing about president is man, when that switch gets turned on of being president, it is a 24 hour, seven days a week job. And you manage things that you never thought you were gonna manage. And while at times I was like, oh my gosh, this is legit the worst experience of my life. It actually made me a better leader, a better leader professionally and in my relationships as far as communication and understanding the layers and details that go with when I say something or roll something out, if it is not planned properly, it will not render success. The chances of success is minimal. Uh, you know, and there's so many phases and layers that comes in the decisions you make from how you run a meeting, how you prepare a meeting, how you prepare the meeting before the meeting. Um, you know, we're going to partner. My goal is to in, uh, partner with other organizations. What does that look like? Are we just giving money or I'm going to have to recruit brothers to come and participate in their events? Are we going to get credit for being in their events? You know, all these, there's so many layers when it comes to that. And then there's this extra layer that they don't tell you about when you're a high performing chapter. So the thing is, I'm a winner. We're winners. We like to win. We're not, and we're not just winners. We're champions. You know, that's how we look at when it comes to being an Omicron Sigma. There's this, this aura about our, our chapter that we take pride in our work and being the best. We like to let you know that we're the best, but at the same time, we're willing to help you become the best. But don't step to us and, and, and just, you know, claim our work if you haven't worked hard. You know, we don't always win, but we like to believe that we, we, are, we have a championship mindset when it comes to that, to winning. And that's you know, not just necessarily awards, but winning, having best events and, and our you know, biggest balls and the best golf tournaments, you know, so, and so forth like that. So when you have that mantra and you have a uh, regional director in your chapter, regional director of education in your chapter, the national, international um, attorney in the chapter, the bigger and better business international director in your chapter, you got three guys on the national board, you got two guys at every level, of the organization, you, there are certain aspects of how you go about business. It cannot be the same as everyone else. And so when you're sitting in the seat of the leaders of leaders, it is, it is quite difficult, especially with the life members and the, and the this and that and the regional DSCs and, you know, all those other, you know, honorary or, you know, national acclamations. Absolutely. Especially when you got to tell them to sit down or it is not your turn to speak, you know, saying like uh, you, when we, we talk about boss of bosses and, and all that stuff in the structures of your meetings, sometimes brothers don't like that, but they respect it. They know that you're trying to do what's best for organization. So you hope, you know, it doesn't always work out that way. Yes. Guys getting their feelings too. Sometimes a little too much, but we'll say that for another interview. Definitely. Definitely. When you assume these leadership roles, um, were you prepared coming out the box? God, no. Uh, <laughs> man, my biggest asset is still my biggest asset, and that's Howard J. Redmond Jr., the okay. current regional director of the Gulf Coast region. Uh, and for those who don't know, the Gulf Coast region uh, is Texas, Louisiana, New Mexico, those three states. Uh, okay. We govern those areas. And uh, from the moment that I had my first interview to now, he has been in my corner. 
He's one of my, you know, one of my best friends. I tutor, you know, I tutor his daughter. He's coming tomorrow morning to help me move. You know what I'm saying? I gotta, you know, I'm paying him in water, you know, and uh, and 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 all that. But no, man, it's just really having having people like him in my corner that really helped me kind of see the landscape of things and help. He taught me how to think about the details and then become a visionary. Because at first, when I first took the role, I was absorbing. I was just reacting. Oh, gotta do. Oh. And then he showed me how to be proactive while still necessarily absorbing. You're going to always absorb here and there, but really how to be a visionary and how to be proactive uh, to where it's a difference between thriving and surviving. I was in survival mode when I first took on the president's role. Now, I'm going to tell you something, too. The most demanding position in this organization is being a chapter president. I don't care what nobody tell you. The most demanding position is the chapter president, especially one of a high-performing chapter. Uh, it is very, very hard to stay on for two, four years, however long your term is. You know, so I've always had that man in my corner. Uh, you know, I wouldn't tell him that to his face, but I owe him <laughs> a lot because what I've been able to learn in the fraternity has been able to boost me professionally. Um, uh, him, um, a lot of, tons of brothers. I, I got a brother uh, in our chapter named Dr. Brown. You know, he gave me some, I sat on a bench with him at Centennial and we talked for like, I skipped, I skipped the um, orchard ball to sit in front of the White House and talk with him. And that probably, I tell people all the time, that, prob- that one conversation probably added 20 to 30 grand uh, uh, on my career uh, every year. You know what I'm saying? Based on the one conversation I had with him, that's how powerful the conversation was on that bench and having an understanding of uh, um, monetizing your skill sets. Him and uh, Brother Reginald Slush is also a good brother always always talks about that and a lot of times we'll just be sitting and i'm listening i'm listening to them talk uh you know what i'm saying i'm listening to the moves that they make and i'm always like man how can i apply that to what i got going on you know as as a young guy trying to get better faster you know what i'm saying so a lot a lot of the brothers in our chapter man they really pour into me even sometimes when they don't realize it or i'll be like well can't make that mistake shouldn't who be messing with that woman you know what i'm saying so whether they know it or not a lot of times you know i learn I learned from from them, you know, whether they tell me heads on, like how it does. Me and him probably talk twice, three times a day compared to, you know, maybe other brothers where we may talk every so often, whatever like that. But I'm always eager to learn from brothers, even from just observation. What are some community service projects and fundraising events that your chapter is most known for? All right. So we're most known for our golf tournament, two things, our golf tournament and our Royal Fall Ball. Uh, Royal Fall Ball has between... Uh, I would say four, 400, 450 guests a year. Uh, and we're raising funds. Both our events are to raise funds for our uh, mentorship, mentoring groups, and then also scholarships. We generally give out between, depending on the year, five to $10,000, scholarships. Uh, we always try, the more we can get out, give out, the better. But we generally range from around that. We just had our 10th uh, Royal Fall Ball. It was an honor to be the president of our 10th Royal Fall Ball. Uh, you know, it was an, an amazing event. And uh, we... We celebrated, you know, community leaders and, and things like that. So uh, it was really, really cool to do. And then, our, like I said, our golf tournament um, has, has been good. You know, we got some things we're working out with the pandemic and everything like that. But, you know, we're looking to continue that tradition that we started a few years ago. And, you know, speaking of this pandemic, what are some things that your chapter is doing um, to kind of keep the brotherhood close and still accomplish the work that the chapter has to do? Oh, man, you know, like we're doing right now, if you're not Zooming, you're losing, you know. So everyone has to has to, to make this shift. And so the the shift we did actually didn't start with necessarily the work, but really the fellowship. 
Um, our first vice, Frankie Lloyd, had an amazing idea to have weekly check-ins, brotherhood check-ins, you know, COVID check-ins, what we call them every Fridays, journey from 6.30 to forever. You know, we all get <laughs> on there and, and, and talk smack, smoke cigars, and, and uh, crack jokes about each other. And, you know, just really, like, I, I feel, honestly feel like we've grown closer because in the situation of that week, weekly interaction, you don't have to join. Some brothers join every other week. You know, we're always there cracking jokes, having a good time, you know what I'm saying? So it's been one of those things that really brought us together to start to do the work and, you know, different meetings. I'm actually getting ready to uh, – we're doing the same thing really at the regional level. We're having weekly prayer calls on Wednesdays to pray for brothers that have been impacted with COVID-19. Um, I'm getting ready to launch. I've held um, uh, webinars with our Sigma Beta groups, our, our mentorship auxiliary group, to talk about educational resources that are available that are free um, for their, them and their parents. And, uh, you know, we had a, a brother on there talk about safety who used to be the Department of Health official for the Dallas County you know what I'm saying, to talk about the importance of masks and all that stuff. And then I'm getting ready to launch a um, scholarship webinar next Tuesday uh, on May 26th to help brothers that are applying for the national scholarship to, to, be, to write better essays, you know, stuff like that. So there's definitely been a shift just like there has been in the educational, you know, platforms and, and everything like that. But I'm most proud of our chapter for how we've kind of grown together, come together during these times with our check-ins. And, and to me, a lot of times with high performing chapters or, or you're going to be a lost in the business. But when, you know, that idea came out and just the fellowship, man, cause I know my girl tired of seeing my face every day, you know what I'm saying? And, and when I'm limiting my interaction cause she's pregnant, you know what I'm saying? Our, our baby, our girl is due any day now. So to see, congratulations, you know, I mean, congratulations, appreciate it, appreciate it. 20, 30 faces and to be able to talk smack to them. Cause I sure enough can't crack the jokes on her that I'm cracking on them. You know what I'm saying? That'd be, that'd be a different problem. You know, uh, you know, that's been good for me. It's good to hear that you guys are staying close and keeping the brotherhood connected to the business. Let me ask this for someone who's considering joining a Greek organization, whether it's undergrad or graduate level, what advice would you give them before they make that decision? Uh, man, can't really tell them the truth, truth. Uh, <laughs> it's a trap run now um, the biggest thing is man go where you fit go where you fit in but the hardest aspect of it is not every chapter is created equal uh, you know we have four chapters in the area and I'll tell you what each of us have our own identity while there's certain aspects of Sigma that we all embrace there's different aspects of that and you could literally want to be a Sigma and go to the wrong chapter and think Sigma is not for you you know what I'm saying? And to me, that's tough. I would say, you know, get to know the area, get to know the guys in it because you're married to them. And then that organization's principles, what, what do they stand on? You know what I'm saying? What do they believe in? For me, like I said, the fact that my granddad joined, not just was interested, but joined this organization in the 60s, uh, you know what I'm saying? Because I know he's, he's truly his own man. That's what sold me already. And then I got to know it. And I just start to see the same vibe, man, of down to earth guys, that wanted to do work, you know, while having a good time and, you know, all that stuff. So my thing is definitely, uh, you know, really investigate your options and then the organization that's local. Cause you're gonna, if you join that organization, you're married to those guys in that chapter, unless you know, you move or change or whatever like that. Do the research. That is great advice. Hey, let's talk about a project that you have coming up and it involves Independence Community College, which is a school that 
Netflix has helped to make quite famous with its Last Chance You series. Tell us a little bit about that. That's so crazy. I literally did not know it was that school until I was literally midway in uh, the Meet the Teacher night uh, for I was interacting with the students that I was going to have for the summer. And I was like, man, why does this school sound so familiar? And I typed it in and it just, it just popped up, you know. Just so people know, I'm a food blogger. I'm not even a professional cook. You know, sometimes God will put you in places where you're like, God, I know this is all you. Uh, you know, I just love to cook. You know, I just love to cook. And I've been doing keto and, uh, you know, different meal plans and, and showing it. And I, I'm getting ready to start a blog and all that stuff. You know, it's a running joke behind that because I put blog coming soon, but I've yet to start this blog. But every time I post about it, I'm like, yo, this is going to be in the blog when I ever get it started. You know, so it's like Joe goes low carb. Uh, blog coming soon, but I've, it's been a year and a half and I've yet to start that blog. One of my mentors knows that I, I build content. I've been given different opportunities over the last year and a half or so to build digital educational content for different companies, uh, school districts, and um, it just kind of was like a domino effect where they came to me and said, hey, uh, COVID hit and they can't do uh, this one. They were like, yeah, some school in Kansas can't do a, can't do their their homebound or they're learning that they usually do in person where the kids get to go on campus. It's a, it's a program dealing with high school kids. They can't go on campus to, um, to do these things, so they're going to take it virtual. They've never done that before, and they're looking for people to fill these roles. Now, I know you like to cook, and I know you build digital content, so what do you think? I was like, okay, yeah, I mean, I've never done that professionally. Uh, you know, I don't know if you need an expert, and she told me what it pays. I was like, yes, <laughs> I can do it. So, you know, I just went mad crazy on, uh, then I looked at the opportunity and I'm actually, and it's something I get to look, which I love to do is building content, uh, creating things that people are going to use digitally, digitally in, in that. And so um, I actually created a cooking curriculum, a training curriculum for that, you know, piecing it from my research here and there to fit, you know, the, the format of, of what they want for that campus. Um, it's a six-week, um, six-week training, uh, six-week, uh, six weeks worth of classes, and so forth. And then, you know, I'll just take them through necessarily some of the basics, and then they'll have a project at the end of the year uh, that they'll have to present, you know, via Zoom. Like everything's digital. Um, yeah. And so I uh, was at Meet the Teacher Night the the other week, and I looked at school and I typed it up: Independence Community College. I was like, "Oh crap! I've been watching this school for years. That's nuts." <laughs> And I just was like, oh my God. And I, and I texted my mentor, I was like, yo, I love this school. Oh, that's so great, I'm glad you're fitting. No, I love this school. <laughs> you know, and, and it's like, yo, what are the odds? And, and I always tell people, the biggest thing I tell you is all, never be afraid to share your passion. I'm not a professional, it's just something I love doing. And um, both of those things, you know, both of those things kind of have helped me get, I guess, make money on the, on the side or whatever besides my day-to-day -day gig of working in education as an administrator you know, sitting at the elementary level. So, um, you know, for me, that, that was crazy. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't believe that opportunity. And now they're talking about, yo, we're, you know, we're going to um, take what you're doing and we're trying to package it so we can sell it to other universities. You know what I'm saying? I was like, well, just show me what the money looking like and we're good. I don't, let's copyright this and keep it rolling. So overall, would you say that being Greek has uh, had a hand in your success? Hand in hand, man. I'd be some some joker selling oranges on the street or something. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's given me the the mentors I've been searching for my whole life. Um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and literally, like, as you were saying that, I was thinking about all the 
things that have happened to lead to even that opportunity. I've been building educational content for the region for the last four or five years. You know what I'm saying? And then sharpening that skill with the opportunities with the with the frat, I've been able to take that skill and really put it on different platforms of opportunities that are that have presented themselves. Like I said, you know, um, consulting with school districts and different educational companies. And then again, someone just one of my mentors knew I just happened to cook or I like cooking and they seen my post and they knew they've heard of the work that I've done. And in fact, she uh, called me and said, Hey, you've worked a project with this particular person. I, I'm, I'm walking in blind. What should I expect? And me to be able to tell them, Hey, yo, look, this is how they're going to give you feedback on this project. They're going to give you, um, you know, they're going to slice what you want, give them more than what they're asking for. And uh, they'll cut out less because I'm going to show you how to shape the vision that they don't know that they have stuff like that. So hand in hand, if without the fraternity, I probably wouldn't be as far in my career, you know, saying that I'm in. I'm only uh, 32. I've been in education. This is my seventh year, but I've been an administrator for the last two. And really, I had, you know, maybe three or four years of experience in the classroom. And generally, that doesn't happen uh, when it comes to being an administrator, you know, at this level. Even in, and then if you think about it, even in the organization, I'm probably one of the youngest presidents they've had for our chapter. Um, you know, one of the younger guys still to this day in the chapter, besides the undergrads, you know, that, that just came in or that have been coming in or whatever like that in a leadership position. But it's again, it's just that I just took the football and ran where they told me to run. You know what I'm saying? Run left, slant right, Joe. Got it. And, and I've had success from just being a good listener, being a good observer, and then taking and applying what I've learned in the fraternity and applying it to my life. So while being president was extra hard, I was... And they, and they would ask me, like, yo, how you like being president? And I said, I can't stand it. They said, but tell me how your career is. I hate you guys. It's going great. <laughs> but you're making me better. <laughs> That's awesome, man. And it's good that you were able to see the benefits, stick with it, and craft a life of dedication and commitment. Joe, I wish you continued success with your new venture. And as you continue to drop projects, definitely let us know about it so we can help you promote it. Great stories, man. Thank you for joining us on Greekly Speaking. I'm down. Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me on.